We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello and welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey and today I am joined by Amber. Hi everybody. How you doing today, Amber? I'm doing so good. It is warm, warm, warm today. The kids are in the pool, so I've got about three hours or four hours to do this because they never come in the house. <laughs> Let's see if we can get it through. So this month, all month long, we're talking about leveling up your Instagram and your content this week. Tell me what it's focused on. So this week, I was tasked with focusing on actual engagement and leveling up your Instagram engagement in a quality way. Okay, great. So first, right off the bat, how was it going through this topic? Did you enjoy the research? Did you learn quite a bit? You know, this is something that at Spry we're pretty proficient in. It's something that we do all day, every day. So it was pretty simple to kind of get those thoughts on paper. I think where I struggle is I don't ever want to be redundant. So I get a little bit like, have we, uh, I mean, we do this every day. Are there people who still need to know this stuff? And I think the answer is definitely yes. But I sometimes have a little bit of a mental block and I kind of constantly want to come up with new ways. And so I think that I've done that a little bit with with what we're going to talk about today. Okay, great. Well, why don't we go right in and start talking about some of the tips that you have here for getting higher quality engagement. So the first thing you had on the list is hashtag research. Let's talk through that a little bit. Okay, so... I mean, this is kind of a, a Instagram 101, right? Instagram revolves around hashtags. And at Spry, I think that the best thing that we have found is to keep a running document of your hashtags. So with anything, I kind of joke about this in my blog post that Benjamin Franklin said that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, which is so relevant right now with everything going on. But also... I decided to translate that a little bit differently to hashtag research. And if we would say an ounce of preparation is worth a pound of success. Mm. So taking the time ahead of time to figuring out what your hashtags are, I mean, spend some serious focus time on it. Keep a running document, add to it, maybe even take away from it when things aren't quite making sense. But if you do that, then when you do have time to sit down and do your engagement, it'll be a lot simpler and a lot quicker and, and easier because you won't have to like kind of search for that stuff over and over again. Yeah. People ask me all the time if there are specific tools, you know, that we're using to find hashtags and whatnot. And they're surprised most of the time to hear that mostly we're just using the native platform and doing some some pretty in-depth searching and research on Instagram. Is that how you answer that as well? Yeah, that's what I do too. I call it the hashtag rabbit hole. And I'm a huge fan of pen and paper. Do you use pen and paper for notes? I feel like I'm the last person on earth doing that. Only for like strategic brainstorming, like only for strategic sessions. Like the brain barf? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
For me, I will almost always write notes on paper first and then transcribe them to the whatever note system I need to use digitally. But with the hashtag research is no exception. I usually get out a pen and and a pad of paper and I will just kind of go down the rabbit hole and I'll look at my competitors. I'll look at people who are just inspiring to me or potential clients, potential customers and see what they're hashtagging, what they're interested in, what is trending and that kind of stuff. So then I'll just keep a, a list. And then of course, compiling those into my own posts and my own content. One thing that you mentioned in here that I think is really important, because honestly, people who have listened to this know that hashtags are the tool I love to hate. Right. <laughs> I Because I just, I hate any time that somebody can use something to spam a system. And so, you know, I love the point you put in here about use longer, more specific hashtags so they don't get lost in the swamp of the more generic popular hashtags. Like if I see anyone with the hashtag love, hashtag summer, hashtag blessed, like I will probably vomit. I'm just going to throw, I'm going to throw up. Not that that does any good for anybody, but I don't feel as nauseous anymore with people using irritating, wasteful hashtags. Right. I think a good example of, of that is one of our clients is a historical theater and they're doing a massive renovation and it's going to be opening very soon, which is exciting. When I did the hashtags research for that particular client, instead of just hashtag renovation, well, hashtag art deco renovation. So kind of really honing in on specifically what kind of renovation it is. Hashtag theater renovation. And then in that, I found some fun. There's a deserve to preserve. Ooh, that's a cool tag. Yeah. So it's just one of those hidden gems that you don't really know that they exist until you start following that rabbit hole. And now I follow that personally because I love historic buildings. I guess that's just an example of those longer form, if you will, hashtags is uh, just kind of taking one simple word that might have a billion followers and posts associated with that hashtag and then honing it in to be a little bit more specific. So it still has the reach, but it doesn't, it's not flooded so bad. And then I like what you put here too, that you can follow some of those hashtags so that those hashtags can show up in your feed and then you can engage with them some too. Yeah, that's actually my favorite way. So when we're putting content up and using hashtags, you need to be following those same hashtags and that's what will show up in your newsfeed. So that's a cool thing. If people don't know about Instagram, you can follow a hashtag as if it's a person or a business. As if it's a profile. Yeah, Yeah. profile. There you go. I love that about Instagram. So then those, you know, that hashtag deserve to preserve is in my newsfeed. And it is anybody using that hashtag, that stuff shows up in my newsfeed and I'm able to engage with them in a quality way that makes sense to my brand. And it puts all of a sudden, it puts that theater right on the radar of those people who also love historic architecture and will be interested. So I love following hashtags. I think that that's just a brilliant strategy. Okay, so the next thing on your list is to work on tagging others and trying to be tagged. So talk a little bit about when you might tag someone else in your content. Sure. Why don't we just be consistent here? The theater. That theater that is renovating actually has a frozen yogurt shop as one of their tenants in in the same building. So we will sometimes create posts for the theater that say, you know, it's a hot day out here. Come down to Holly's place. It's the cutest little shop. 
and tag them in it. And what that does is then gets their audience's eyes on your content also. So you can do that either in posting or in commenting and tag. I think that this is really important, Lacey. I can't stand it when somebody's running a contest and it's my little sister every time will tag me to win this contest (laughs) and it drives me nuts. So I think that the important thing to take away from that is do it in an organic way. Don't be spammy and make sure that it makes sense for your brand. I like to, I like to say if there's anybody with an Instagram account that is somehow pictured in your photo, those are great people to tag, right? If there is a board member of that theater, if there is a contractor that's there that has an Instagram account, if there's a photographer that took the photo, You know, those are all relevant tags and appropriate tags. When it starts getting spammy is if you're just doing it for reach, you know? Right. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. So we talked about tagging people in your content with your image or in comments. One thing that we haven't touched on that you mentioned earlier today when we were talking about this is tagging them in your stories. Yeah. So there's the great functionality, right, where you tag someone in your stories and they get basically a message in their direct message inbox that says this person has tagged you in their stories. Do you want to add this to your story? And so it allows the stories to become shareable to other people who are tagged in the story. And so, again, same idea. If there is anybody pictured in the photo or anybody who should receive credit for the photo that's going into your stories, tagging them gives you the opportunity to increase your organic reach by them potentially sharing it to their own as well. Yep, I love it. Okay, so next on the list is to find your target demographic and interact with them. So we would often call this like our outbound presence management You know, so a lot of the things that we were doing here and talking about here is optimizing our own content, following the hashtag. That's a little bit more of that outbound presence management. But this find your target demographic and interact with them. This is some of that heavy outbound presence management that people miss a lot of the time. You want to know why they miss it? I'll tell you why they miss it. Why? (laughs) Because it takes time. So much time. It. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is why companies like Spry exist because businesses are trying to hustle and make that dollar. And it is hard. You almost have to have somebody on staff to really be good at this, right? And that's why Spry exists so that we can be that person on staff and you don't have to pay all the payroll taxes. Exactly. (laughs) But it does. It takes time. I mean, you can, I talk about this a little bit too. You can run a contest and ask people to tag their friends in it. You can hire an influencer. You can pay for ads. Even that stuff takes time. Once you put content out there, you're not done. You're actually just beginning. Because once that content is out there, we hope that people will then comment. So we like to kind of keep them on the hook as long as we can. Mm -hmm. If somebody comments, sweet image, We usually like to reply to them with a question Mm -hmm. to see if we can't get them to comment a couple more. The more they engage with that, the more their friends will see it. And the more that that content is seen by more eyes, the hopefully the more engagement you get on it. But just kind of keeping people involved in it in a genuine way. I think we we cannot say that enough. Genuine and organic. Don't be spammy. And be relevant too. How many times have you been, have you seen a comment on your 
photo that it's like we're spry, uh, social media marketing. And then there's like a gym and somebody is like, hey, you look like you work out, whatever it is. It's like completely irrelevant to the content. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh, you're either a bot or you're really bad at your job. Yeah, my favorite. (laughs) I saw Adrian commented on one of our posts. We got a message that was probably a bot message that was like, great content, DM us for more, you know. And Adrian was like, you DM us first. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'll play your game. (laughs) Exactly. And did we get a DM? (laughs) No, we did not. The bot bot can't understand that kind of language, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that for me, when we talk about going out and finding our target demo, one of my favorite ways to do that is through location tags. You know, I'll ask the coffee shop that I'm consulting with, okay, the people who come to your coffee shop, what grocery store do they shop at most often? You know, because then I can look for anyone who has posted at and around that grocery store and, you know, comment on their content. And again, exactly like you say, it's as if if you ran into a person on the sidewalk, what would you say to them? You know, right. You wouldn't say DM me. Hey, get swole. (laughs) Hey, get swole. (laughs) (laughs) No, you'd ask them a question. You'd comment on their outfit. You'd, you know, something substantive and human that I don't know why it's so hard for people to be human digitally. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like we could maybe go viral with a parody of of bots in person. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. I think we just came up with our our next project. (laughs) Like as if Instagram bots were real people. Yes. IG bots IRL. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Actually, it could just be a series. Yes. Right. Uh Like instead of one like video, it could be just little. You know what? We're always brainstorming. We call them we call them (laughs) Sprideas. Spridea. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. Okay. So so finding your target demographic and interacting with them. I think I went off on a little rabbit hole there and I apologize for that. But I think when we bring on a new client, it's one of the first questions we ask, you know, who is your target demographic? What are their habits? And that's a good question. Like, what are their habits? What do they like to do? If you are a yoga studio and your target demographic is Lisa, she's a stay-at-home mom who runs the PTA, whatever, whatever her kind of characteristic is, then go find her, go to the PTA pages, go to the stay at home mom pages and interact. It almost makes me think on that same vein of your theater, right? Okay. So the people who are going to go to your theater probably like other historic buildings. So can you find any other historic buildings within a hundred miles? Who's engaging with their content? Who's commenting on their content? Can you start being present in those spaces following some of those people where it's appropriate, et cetera. And that theater will be a performing arts theater when it's fully renovated. So then going and following artists and their their clientele, because the people who are engaging with theater or musicians are your potential customers, right? So get yourself on their radar, find where they are, think about their habits, think about their likes and their hobbies and go to where they are because um, you can't expect them to always just find you. No. Mm-mm. You have, you it's got again, it's them. like real life. Yeah. <laughs> you can't sit at home in your basement and get a date. It's not going to happen. Right. You got to go find them. <laughs> okay. So the next thing on your list is always engage with your own posts and make sure you're timely. 
Yeah. So we touched on this a little bit when I went on my squirrel adventure. Um, so the rule of thumb is to spend some time with Instagram. I think it has to be every single day. I think Facebook, you can get away with, you know, once or twice a week. Instagram is like a daily job. And so get in there do some of these things that we're talking about, engage with people just for like, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes before you create your own post, put your new content up and then go do it again, 10 or 15 more minutes of engaging. What that does is while you're engaging and people go, well, this is interesting. Why did this person comment on my stuff? They're gonna click on your profile and you're gonna want them to see that fresh content. If the content is fresh and current, they're more likely to follow along engage back, trust you, and that kind of thing. So the timing is important. And if you're doing a really good job, strategically speaking, the piece of content that you created was created intentionally for those people that you are now reaching out to. And so when you go and reach out to them and then they come to your profile, they're seeing this piece of content that you created strategically for them. Yep. Yep. Boom. Full circle. Okay, so we're getting close to the end of your list here. One of the next things here is keyword searches. So let's talk about keyword searches and how that's different than hashtag searches, for instance. The truth is there's not a lot different. A hashtag is basically a keyword with the pound side in front of it. However, when we are doing alt tags, and when companies are doing alt tags, they're putting in phrases, right? They're not putting in hashtags on the alt tag. So therefore, we should understand that Instagram does still recognize keywords. So if you're feeling kind of lost as to what hashtags you should be using, I think a good place to start is to actually get in there and just search for keywords that are relevant to your business and then start digging into what hashtags come up with the content that comes from that search. And that might be something kind of very simple and basic generic. If you're a candy store and you want to see what candy stores are out there or what hashtags other candy stores are using. Instead of hashtag candy store, you can put candy store, you can put candy store, Olympia, Washington, candy store, Washington, because you don't know that they're specifically only using those hashtags. So I think it's just a broader way to narrow in on the hashtags that you should be looking for. You can do total hashtag, you can go straight hashtags. I just think that that's a cool little trick that might open up a, a an avenue that you didn't think of. Yeah, that makes really good sense. So the last thing that's on here that I like is spy on your competitors. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, so I wouldn't be personally so brazen as to go to my competitors and start commenting on their stuff. (laughs) I think that's kind of rude. But I do think what you can do is go to your competitors, see who's engaging with them, and then take it a step further and then go to their profiles and maybe engage with their content. And they will be like, what? How does this person know I'm interested in gyms? a gym mm-hmm. membership. <laughs> They'll have they heard you say get swole on the sidewalk next to them. That's Yeah, exactly. That's how you get <laughs> that's how you get clients. I think spying on your competitors and seeing who's engaging with them, especially if the if you see somebody who is like unhappy <laughs> with your competitor, like get in there and snag them. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. You can kind of go in and see if, especially if your competitor maybe has an account that has more history than yours. You know, maybe they've been doing it for a long time. And so they've developed a bit more of a community that's similar to the type of community you'd like to develop. You can see who are their super fans, you know, and then go to their profiles. Look at what kind of things they're posting. Look at where they're from. Again, this is another one of those things that takes time. You can't just run it through a some sort of a software system that pulls it all out for you. It actually takes your time as if you were kind of in-person networking. So that deters people sometimes, but it really does end up being worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Along with that time, Adrian has written a blog post before on the $1.80 Instagram story. Or uh, sorry, strategy. strategy. <laughs> $1.80 Instagram strategy. And what that is, which by the way, I've always thought that title was so misleading because before I actually dove into what it was, I just thought, oh, okay, they're going to... Oh, it's a $1.80. Yeah, they're going to teach me how to run ads for $1.80 each. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it actually has nothing to do with money and it's pretty interesting. Um, so the idea of $1.80 is that you leave your two cents on 90 posts every day. Every day. Every day. And this, you will grow exponentially. We have tested it on a few different accounts and the growth that happens from that is wonderful. It's unbelievable, but it takes so much time. I've heard of people spending an entire like work shift doing this, especially if you're doing it in a way that is natural and social that people will actually respond to. If you're doing a good job at it, it's going to take some time. But I love that. And and if you're interested in that strategy because you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw at influencers, I would encourage you to kind of read up on that. I love the idea. I love the strategy. It does work. And I will say this, you can out hustle your competitors. There are not a lot of people on Instagram or a lot of businesses on Instagram who are putting the time in that it actually takes to run a successful Instagram. If you're willing to do that or hire somebody to do that, you will have success. This is why even this whole month's topic about leveling up your Instagram, I think has been so important because I know that even myself, I have had many Instagram accounts that I've run for a while and they kind of plateau. Like you're doing your normal workflow, you're posting, you're doing some engagement, maybe even a little ads, but it's just kind of plateauing and there's no energy in it anymore. And so this step of all of them, I think is one of the most important for really leveling up your strategy is just being present on the platform, finding your network manually, engaging with them. But it is just time, you know, it really is just strategically intentional, you know, strategically spending intentional time on these tasks that really do work. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the last couple of things that you had on here kind of closing thoughts were things like sharing your handle on other sites that are relevant to your brand. And I would even say taking that a step further, if you're like a brick and mortar or a retail store at all, sharing your handles on collateral you know, you're putting a little card in or sending it in the mail to them that has your Instagram handle when you're getting something from them in the mail, et cetera. Right. Kind of my thought behind that little note that I had put on there is we have a little camper that I really want to renovate someday. So I follow a group that everybody shows their uh, amazing work, but oftentimes they will share their handle in that group. Hey, follow our adventures here. They went out, they found their people, 
and then they're converting them back to Instagram so that it it's more oh, of a I conversation. Love it. So that's almost like a off-platform presence management. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Again, time, time, mm-hmm. time, time. Yep. And then the last thing that you had on your list is just kind of an as always, like use good images, you know, have good visual assets that you've intentionally created, you know, whether you're getting a professional photo shoot done. So you have a big bank of images you can pull from or if you, you know, have decided on a more candid look and feel, um, but you've decided on some rules of what those photos are going to look like. Good quality consistency in your images content is queen right right even (laughs) Uh more so on instagram i think than another platform like twitter or or facebook especially when it comes to the graphics and images you notice that on facebook you have your um, caption or your copy and then your image so the copy is the focal point on instagram it's the opposite you have an image and then in tiny words underneath is whatever your copy is if you want people to read your copy and ultimately engage with your uh, content you better have a stellar image yeah one of our spry spacers patrick he posted something in spry space about this and lindy in spry space also mentioned this comment she said when the image is so good it makes you read the words yeah you know what i mean it's true and Yep. It is. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for doing all the research on this. This was a really good topic. So much to go through. We could probably talk for hours <laughs> on it. I, I think so. But at the end of every Spryce Face podcast episode, I like asking about where you've been working lately. As an all remote social media marketing team, we sometimes work in weird places. What's your work situation been like lately? Have you worked anywhere interesting? You know what? I I barely go anywhere. We're still, at the time this is being recorded, we're still in the middle of this uh, worldwide pandemic of COVID-19. So I don't go a lot of places, but it was interesting that last night I was in bed kind of doing some research for this podcast episode today and trying to like turn my screen down as low and trying I wanted to listen in on a podcast that we had already done at Spry that was relevant to this and I'm listening to it I didn't have headphones I'm turning it way down hoping that my snoring husband wouldn't wake up and every time he'd move I'd like throw my covers up over my phone so that he <laughs> see he has to wake up at 2 45 in the morning to go to work so oh my gosh uh, I really didn't want to interrupt him but that's probably the most interesting and scandalous place that I worked <laughs> <laughs> recently how about you um I've done a lot of car working lately with everything being remote I'm not giving myself very much time between meetings for anything and like I, then I always get this wild hair to go get coffee you know right before before I have a meeting. And so I end up like in front of the coffee shop in my car, turn on my hotspot and do a video chat meeting from there. I've done it like three times in the last two weeks. Yeah. Yep. I've ha- I actually have a meeting today that I will be driving to my daughter's softball practice. And I was fully transparent. I will be in the car. I have Bluetooth. Please call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know we are always on the go. That's for sure. That's right. Okay, well, if you enjoyed this content and you want to hear more from us, where can you find us, Amber? We are at the handle at ThinkSpry on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our LinkedIn is actually Spry Social Media Marketing, so you can just check that out in the search bar. And we have this awesome little group on Facebook that we'd love for you guys to join us on. It's called Spry Space. You can look that up. Again, in the search bar, it's a place where we are 
business owners and fellow social media marketers and we just kind of bounce ideas off of each other. We share awesome content that just grabbed our attention and we curate ideas there. And then of course our website is thinkspry.com. Okay. Thank you so much, Amber. You did a great job. I will be excited for the next time. I am always excited when you're on with me. We always get to wear our son's (laughs) headphones, both of us, as we're podcasting. I've got these big old camo headphones on right now. And Lacey, are you wearing Spider-Man? They are. They're Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh Yeah. That's fantastic. (laughs) We we should invest in some headphones. Maybe Spry branded. I don't know. (laughs) There we go. I like it. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and we hope that you keep learning. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.